Hello, I hope this finds you well. Uh, at the time of recording this, I'm still in isolation. I'm getting people to send in their what's in the room items instead of what's in the bag because we're spending a lot of time in our otherwise boring rooms. So send me what's in your room, pictures of it please, to at WITBpod or at JJ Sharif on both Twitter and Instagram. But on with this pod anyway. Today's guest is Jess Davis, a digital writer at Harper's Bazaar UK, where she gets the very lucky job, to be fair, of attending loads of glitzy shoots, fashion weeks and parties that, quite frankly, I would stand out like a sore thumb at. She's also part of the Grief Network, something she showed me a while ago, which is really interesting. It's a community set up for bereaved young people who put on events and meetups in and around London. So keep listening for that. And in this episode, we take kind of a reverse trip down memory lane from the Spice Girls to the Rolling Stones to Nat King Cole and all that jazz. I think when I was thinking of this idea, you were one of the people I started talking to for, about this podcast, uh-huh. first of all, and I um, said that I wanted to get you on it, so thank you for Thanks finally for having me. coming and recording with me. Um, so Jess Davis is my guest today uh, for What's in the Bag. Um, I had to ask you for what your job role is, because even though we're really good friends, I'm awful with actual titles yes. of roles. You're a digital writer for Harper's Bazaar. You kind of do what it says on the tin. Yeah, you do a lot of writing digitally, really. But it's like, I don't know, you do, you cover everything. But a lot of it is to do with, like, the royal family. So I could literally answer any question you would have and I would probably know about it. But then it's also a lot of fashion, loads of stuff, really. Very random, but good. So royal family, does that mean it's like... Because I'm clueless on this. It's, I guess it's more of a high-end yeah, magazine. It's Yeah, it's more luxury rather than, like, gossipy. So we're not going to be, like, the male and having Piers Morgan, like, oh, Megan ghosted me, blah, 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 blah. It's more, like, a bit more fancy pants, I guess. There must have been a point when you were younger when you were like, this is what I want to do. Have you always wanted to do it? Was I there kind know. of, like... Was there, like, warning signs early on? What, right? like, I was like, Mum, can I have this dress for £1,000 so I'm 10? Like, <laughs> no. I don't know, trying on your mum's clothes or whatever. I don't know, I think I've always loved clothes and fashion and, like, seeing what people wear, like, I don't know, like, even, like, bands and, like, artists I'd like when I was younger, I would, like, look at my wardrobe and try and copy looks that I would see in, like, Girls Aloud or the Spice Girls and I would like lay it out and like hang it up together and I would like label each thing like this is my Christina Aguilera costume well outfit this is my Britney Spears this is Anastasia and it was like really stupid but I think my auntie actually I think it probably stems from her because she used to work in London a lot when I was younger and she would visit and I would like be in her room I was probably like five or six and she would have all this like really nice makeup from like Chanel and like she was just so glam and she would bring with her magazines so like Cosmo I think she'd bring maybe Elle I don't know but she would have all these glossy magazines and I'd be like oh like having a flip through <laughs> and I, I don't know I think I, it, I just kind of fell into it I think but it's not like Devil Wears Prada <laughs> people think it's like that it can be but not as 
intense. Not as cutthroat. No. <laughs> um, you mentioned... Maybe I just have a nice team, I don't know. I'll be lucky. <laughs> you mentioned, like, musicians there. Which uh-huh. uh, musicians, or just people generally in the world right now, are really dressing poorly? Oh, like, is there anyone God. where you've, you've seen recently and you've just been like, what is that? I think... I don't know. Like, we cover, like, a lot of red carpet things and what we'll just, like, look through the gallery at work and I'll just be like... Oh my god! I I just rich like some things. I'm like I don't understand why people think that looks good. I feel like I don't want to be mean about anyone, but I <laughs> I really don't like Taylor Swift. <laughs> that sounds so mean. <laughs> but like what she wears, I just don't understand. It's really weird. And also, I swear there's some girl who's like not really famous, but she seems to always be at like parties I don't know if it's the same in music and there's always like a couple of people that are like does that happen at f- like fashion events where I it's think like you... You, you get almost not like the Love Island levels I imagine it's a bit classy or mm, maybe it's not no you do get like some Love Island people will be like at London Fashion Week mm-hmm. next month and it's like I don't know I guess it's like that whole influencer thing like you don't have to just be a journalist now to go or whatever you don't have to work in the fashion industry to be on front row of all the like major shows which is really weird have you but it is quite cool i guess it changes it but have you met any of your icons at these events i did meet victoria beckham we went to her after party and i was just like this is so weird because i like obviously every girl loves the spice girls when they're younger and it was like a really cool party there were, like loads of like celebs there and i was just like okay jess like be cool and then this like drag <laughs> group came out and performed Spice Up Your Life and I was like this is so weird like you know when you have those times when you're like I can't believe this is actually my job but yeah I think but she's actually really funny like you'd think she was really like yeah serious I think I saw videos of of this because she was singing along to her yeah she 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 was having a good time yeah I feel like she's really fun and she doesn't take herself as serious as she seems to I think and David was there as well David was there yeah he Have a little there. chat with him. I did. <laughs> and then, well, I think I was just like, I don't know, I can't really remember. And he was just saying like, oh, it's a cool party. And I was like, mm, yeah. It's Is cool. he as beautiful in real life? Yes, I'd say so. I don't really think he's that attractive. That sounds like really mean, but I think like... <laughs> a standard to heart. <laughs> I don't know, he looks exactly like what you'd think he looks like. There's someone that you write a lot about as well, like the Beckhams, that kind of class yeah. of people. Um, you've also written about personal experiences that you've had in the past in Cosmo as well. Yes. Um, Which brings us on to the Grief Network. Uh Um, So this is something that was started up, I guess it had its launch in October, right? It was, yeah, I think last October we did a panel thing and like the girl who basically started it, Rachel Wilson, um, hosted a panel and we had like various guests on and they were talking about how like grief has affected them in different ways. And I think that was like our launch event. But July 2018, we met in a pub in London Fields after, uh, do you listen to like the Hilo podcast if you ever listened to it? You know, with Dolly Alderton and mm-hmm. Pandora Sykes. So um, she wrote in, and her mum had just died or something and she'd just moved to London, I think, or something like that. And she basically wrote him and was like, I don't really know what to do. Like, what's the right way of, like, dealing with this? I don't really know what I'm doing. Because obviously no one knows, no mm. one tells you what to do. Um, so she wrote in and was like, is there anyone in the city that is feeling the same as me and is, like, a similar age who wants to get a coffee? So I think she had, like, 
200 replies or wow. something like that off one email <laughs> and she was trying to like meet everyone individually and like have all these talks and obviously like that's super draining for her but also kind of impossible and so we just said why don't we all just say one pub and we all meet up and then everyone is there together and I think we yeah met on at pub on the park in London Fields and there was probably about like 60 girls mm. so I you'd think. heard about this through the podcast yeah so I'd listened and I emailed her and was like I'll meet you for a coffee um yeah so I was like why don't we just go to the pub or everyone was like it just made sense to do that and then since then we've met up at various pubs like once a month or whatever and I think over the past year I guess maybe maybe even less than that it started to get a little bit more serious I think like mm-hmm. we did like a Christmas event that we called Shitmas very aptly <laughs> but it was just I don't know I think the whole thing about it is trying to like change the conversation about grief and like it's not obviously it is really shit and it's really sad and no one wants to be in the grief club but we are and you mm-hmm. might as well tackle it together and make it a little bit more I don't know not fun because that sounds really weird but I don't really know what the word it's, is I guess it's kind of in, and again it's probably and this is where the thing with grief is tiptoeing around certain phrases yeah but I guess it is embracing it it is embracing in it a weird and way. I think it is obviously like such an uncomfortable thing like you don't know how to speak to someone because you don't understand how they feel and it's just trying to like bridge that kind of confusion and also like the anger and everything and just be like yeah this is really shit but I think you can try and make the best out of a bad situation I guess with stuff like this and do you find that when you um, when you meet up with this group of people that you're, you you often are talking strictly about like your grief and your experiences, or is it actually just having people there that are have gone through something similar and I don't know, kind of again embracing that and talking about other things in yeah, just your daily life? It's not like, and this is one of the reasons why we wanted to start it because I think when people say, "Oh, I'm going to a grief meetup," you literally picture like girls sat around crying and like but it's not like that like we just go to the pub get drunk get a pizza or whatever and you talk about normal lives like I've met like really really lovely girls and we're actually friends I think it's just nice being in like a room of people or amongst Mm -hmm. people that really know how you feel but you don't have to talk about it you just know that they know and if you want to say something they get it and you don't need to explain yourself like it's completely fine what have you got the most out of it I think Something that really surprised me, and it sounds like really naive and stupid, but that grief like comes in like such different ways. Like I always thought it was like, I don't know, your mum or your dad or I don't know, like that kind of thing. And I think what I always thought is when someone dies, you really, you grieve them because you love them so much and you miss them. But there are a few people in the group that didn't have a relationship with like those people that have died and they it was like really horrible and they hated them and then that's even more of like a complex thing Mm. in itself and there are other girls that are like their boyfriend's mum passed away and they felt like they couldn't grieve because it wasn't their mum but they still were like a motherly figure it's like those kind of complex cases that I think kind of opened my eyes to seeing that it's not as black and white I guess as you think so what was the reason for you getting into this? I mean, I'm a close personal friend of yours, but yeah. obviously, so obviously I know, um, but it's good for other people. Okay, so I am part of the Grief Network because 
before, I think it was before I went to uni. Seems like such a long time ago. But basically, before I went to uni, my dad had kind of a really bad depressive episode and no one really knew that he'd stopped taking his medication. He didn't tell anyone because I think he just didn't... I think he just got fed up, really, and um, stopped taking it, didn't tell anyone, and obviously that has huge side effects. So he had, Mm. like, a psychotic episode and ended up taking his own life right before I went to uni. I think it was, like, July. So it was the summer of 2014, and it was right before I was meant to be going to uni. I think I hadn't got my A-level results yet, but we'd kind of, like, finished college, so it was that weird time where you're, like... Not really doing anything. I'm waiting to go to uni. Like this is great. I can just muck around with my friends, whatever. And um, I'd been to a festival in Croatia, you know, hideout festival. And I was like, yeah, this is so great. Like I've been away with my friends, and I just came back to a shitstorm basically. And yeah, and most of my family were like, do you think Jess should still go to uni? Like to my mum. Um, but I still really wanted to go, and I'm glad that I did because I think if I didn't go, I'd probably wouldn't have mm. ever gone you know i think i needed a distraction i guess it's one of those things where and it's so cliche there's never a good time <laughs> no obviously but no. um yeah that is particularly yeah mad in terms of that that time of it is going weird. about you're about to leave home and actually you're now obviously leaving your mum on yeah. her own with with your brother yeah i think i just kind of was in shock mm. and it was such like i guess like july to september is a few months and I think I just was like this hasn't even happened you know so I think going to uni I just didn't even see it as a thing I don't know I feel like when something so big like that really rips your whole life apart you it doesn't even feel like it's happening to you like you feel Mm -hmm. like you're in a film or you feel kind of like numb to it I guess but I think that made it quite difficult to deal with it kind of I think it kind of like prolonged my acceptance I guess because I just went to uni and obviously when you go to uni it's really exciting and you meet all these people and you go out and I think I just kind of not forgot about it but just put it on hold. Is that a good or a bad thing? I don't really know I think it kind of really came back to bite me because then I got really really anxious like second or third year or something and it like really bad panic attacks and stuff and I think if I'd properly dealt with it when it happened I probably wouldn't have done that but then I probably wouldn't have gone to uni so Mm. I don't know. Um, some of the people that are also part of the Grief Network are like more well-known people. So you've had like that, that panel we were talking about. Uh-huh. You've had Felix White, um, who is uh, formerly of the Maccabees, musician, yes. has his own label. There's him and Teresa Lola, who is a young people's laureate. <laughs> Sounds very fancy. <laughs> it is fancy. But um, it's, quite, it's quite nice to have people who are maybe in a different bubble. Yeah. It's like, oh, actually, again, it's one of them things that loads of people... Exactly. And I, th- I think it was like quite a good event um to hold because it just showed that like it happens to everyone like this is something that no one is like immune to or whatever like this will happen to you and it's just like I think it's quite refreshing to be at an event like that talking about it with really different kind of people of different ages and whatever so what are the plans for 2020 with um grief network uh we're trying to build a website at the moment so basically like my role in the actual network because we have like a, a small group of i don't know how many there are like maybe like eight of us now so we have like some graphic designers and like mm. people who just like look after events we have like a specific uh photographer and i basically am like trying to like edit the website so we've been asking our kind of network for 
different like submissions and stuff so we'll put that on the website when it's built and it's basically people just sending in anything so it's like poetry or like short essays or letters to people that have died like it's yeah it's quite nice it's just like a visual way of like Mm. Summing up what it's about, really. And uh, kudos to those graphic signers. I love the graphics. It's so good, it's isn't wicked. it? Yeah. yeah. Oh my god. That's it looks what amazing. they drew. Like, because everything's visual now on Instagram and stuff. Yeah. And that's when I was like, "You part of this? It's yeah. really, really, It looks cool. so professional. It's great. It is professional. But yeah, um, it looks it's amazing. Where can people find it? What's the handle? Are you um, gonna remember the handle? <laughs> Let me just check my Instagram. So <laughs> yeah, at Grief Network on Instagram. So on there. We have a joining link in the bio, so you can just go on there and then it kind of says like when our next meetups or events or what's happening, but I guess we'll probably put our website on there and everything. And I think one thing that we are really good at is also sharing different resources. So you know on Instagram you have like the little circle, Mm -hmm. I don't even know what they are. Like the highlights. The highlights, that's what I'm trying to remember. Um, But we do share quite a lot of like other like networks or like events that go on in London as well. Yeah. So I, we're just trying to spread the word as much as possible, I guess. Amazing. Well, go and check it out again. And it should be one of those things people are looking at kind of for myself. I've only lost grandparents, which uh-huh. again, it's you, you have grief and stuff. But yeah. Like I wouldn't be like, oh, I, I must sign up to this. But it's great what you're doing. Yeah. I think everyone should see it. Cause... But you don't have to grieve to look yeah. at the instagram i don't exactly. know it's just yeah it's about like not making it weird anymore yeah. let's move on to one of the big reasons you're here name of the podcast what's in the bag um you've bought a bag with my bag is there five items which are loosely kind of related to your past experiences and music okay <laughs> okay so first one is a CD. Where, where's the front of that CD? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know where it is. It's Girls Aloud, and it is, it's Sound of the Underground. Is yes. It? Oh, okay, so it's the album. It's so the, the fa- album. I, I believe this would be their first ever album. It is. Because it's their first ever single, isn't it? Yes. How, how old would you have been? Oh, I don't know. When did it come out, Trevor? You should know. I think... Does it say on the back or something? It probably would say in the little front thing, but I've, I've lost that. 2002, 2003. 2003. Okay. I was seven. Um... <laughs> I don't know. I bought that for a lot of reasons, I think. Basically, I was just obsessed with them. I wanted to be Nadine. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone always wanted to be Cheryl, but I wanted to be Nadine. Um, She's just been on, well, not just me, but she's been on I'm a Celebrity. I know. My girl. No. (laughs) um, uh, Yeah. Well, the first thing I was going to speak about is I actually lost my first tooth to this CD, which okay. you probably don't really want to be holding. Yeah, <laughs> <Great>. decontaminated. <laughs> but I had it in my little, like, portable CD thing, mm-hmm. and I was, I literally remember it so well, and I was, like, sat at the kitchen table listening to Sound of the Underground, and you know when it would, like, you'd have it in your ears, and you'd be like, bow, wow, 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 and I was like, oh, like, this is so great, and I was having a snack, I was eating cheese and crackers, <laughs> which sounds like... A bit weird for a seven-year-old. Is that a weird snack? No, I think it's quite minimal. Yeah. And I took a bite 
and my tooth fell out and I was like, oh my God, no, my tooth's falling out. I like the idea of you losing, I hope these are all just items to teeth. Where I've lost, lost my teeth. <laughs> <laughs> yes. All around a similar age. Oh God. Um, but on this, on this album, for anyone that, that cares. <laughs> do you, you love Girls I, I love, I love Girls Aloud. Oh my God, Trudy, you the, love Girls Aloud. Sorry, thing about, I should call you Josh. <laughs> the beautiful thing about this podcast is that so many different types of music have been on it. Um, yeah. So from stuff I don't know to guilty pleasure <laughs> like this um so you've got it. sound of the underground yep. no good advice which oh your yeah personal favorite yeah banger um some kind of miracle all i need all i don't life got cold i remember that one life got cold that was so emotional um mars attack i don't remember that one that. what did that go like not sure sorry guys but um kind of... stop that's a spice girls t- title as well isn't it yeah stop. i nearly bought spice girls but I, I do actually have the CD of it and I was going to bring Girls Loud and Spice Girls but I found it really hard to cut it all down. Narrow it down. So I thought Where I'd bring you, a mix. Do you, are there any girl bands that have been around maybe in the in the last decade, I guess, because Girls Loud kind of haven't. Yeah. But are there any that you think have, have been all right comparably? Have, what, like I enjoy them? Yeah. Or you can look at them and you're like, oh, if I was younger, yeah, I, I would really be into Yeah, I think if I was younger now, so if I was this age now, I would probably feel the same about like Little Mix or something yeah. like that. I feel like they are this generation's Little Mix. How did you Girls feel? Aloud. Does yeah. that make sense? How did you feel about the Saturdays when they were around? Uh, they were sort of just as I, towards the end of Girls Aloud. Yeah, I think they came out and I was like, oh, this is a bit different. But I, I don't know. They weren't a patch on... Girls Aloud. They'll always have my heart. If you had to pick between Girls Aloud and Spice Girls. Oh, God. Spice Girls, obviously. Because I think they're all good at different things. Yeah, Spice Girls is just like... I don't know. Sounds really cringe, but it's like girl power, you know. The star and also VB. But it's like... I don't know. I did lose my first teeth to this (laughs) one, so that's why I bought it, which is kind of weird. Well, I'm looking forward to second item. Okay. So... What's it gonna be? I thought this was a fiver or something. Uh, So, wow! So this is not originally yours because this is way before you were born. Read out the date. So Saturday, June the twenty sixth, nineteen eighty two. Yeah. The Rolling Stones at Wembley Stadium, the old Wembley Stadium. Yes. And the price is amazing. £10.50. Can you believe it? Back then it would have... Yeah, how much would that be now? Like 50 quid? I reckon reckon about 50. Any any money fans out there, let me know. But I I feel like now to go see the Stones is like 80. Yeah, more than that. So who's this? I'm going to say this is either your mum or dad's. My dad's. Yeah. So he was a big Stones fan. Then. Yeah, well, I think he was lit—he was one of those people that would literally listen to anything, and he would just listen to every anything. And I remember, it's not like I didn't bring it because I listened to them religiously, but whenever I do listen to them, I kind of—you know—when you're like feeling a bit sad, and you're like, ah, oh, and I will listen to it, and I just like remember what he was like, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why it's like an important thing to me, I guess. But I remember being quite young I don't know how old I would have been but I would always sneak up to our his room and like go through his records because I like looking at the front like I didn't care what they were about but (laughs) obviously I did but I like looking at the pictures and I remember seeing like the big tongue thing yeah and yeah 
and yeah, he would just play them all the time. Loads of loads of like big names like that he would listen to. So is your mum into them or not? No, my mum is very different to this. <laughs> she is actually seeing Stormzy this year, which is really weird. that is amazing. She's actually very impressed that she's got standing tickets. So I, I'm scared that she's gonna in some kind of fight I don't know but she's into like the Chemical Brothers which I nearly bought as well this is why it's so hard to like narrow it down um, but that was a big part of our childhood as well listening to like galvanise and stuff on the way to school <laughs> and, and like what the, a way to get your pumped. I know we'd be like we're ready for I don't, education I don't know <laughs> and we'd also listen to like the Prodigy like literally anything nice Stormzy's insane in terms of your oh, mum going to see that. it's so weird my parents are now at the age where they're like can we please get seated the fact <laughs> that she's willing to stand oh yeah she went to see Chemical Brothers like the day before we went last is that last year? yeah yeah end of last year and she got seated tickets and she was really annoyed because she wanted to be down in like the mosh pit, she called it. <laughs> I think she's so, going to regret saying that about Storm. I think it's, yeah, I don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> I have told her to stay nearer the back. Well, so. amazing. That's probably uh, potentially the most vintage item we've had so far. Wow, well, you're welcome. Bag. So there we go. Treasure that and make sure I'm always wary when I'm rooting through yeah, these I'm bags. Yeah, I'm scared like, I'm going to lose Oh no, it, I'm going to tear it. <laughs> um, cool, yeah. so... Next item. Oh, what is it? Is this confetti? Yes. Okay. And it's some orange confetti. There. I'm going to see if you can actually guess who, what gig that is. It's actually quite obvious if you think about it very simply. I think it's Florence. It is and Florence machine. and the machine. Are you saying it was easy to guess because she's ginger? Yes. And it's orange. And it's like <laughs> kind of sparkly. I was like, who have you seen that would have done that? Because it's more like poppy acts. Yeah, do, yeah. Isn't it? So talk to me about Florence. When did you go? Uh, I'm guessing, you, well, you were at the gig, right? Yeah. I didn't just sweep this off outside and pretended. No, I waited I was till there. everyone had left and took my broom. Uh, yeah, I think it was November 2018. I went with Sally. Obviously, you know Sally. Sally's my best pal. Um, but yeah, we went together and I was really nervous because I've loved Florence like forever and I've just never seen her. You know you have that act that you actually love but you've never actually been to see them. Um, so yeah, I'd never seen her and I was really scared that she wasn't going to be what I thought she would be. And she was. Is it that kind of thing of like, oh no. I was literally just... so nervous. Like the whole day at work, I just didn't really speak to anyone and I was just so scared that... I would feel really disappointed. What was the best part of the gig? Oh, God. It was literally like, how many people fit in the O2? I think it's 20,000. A 20,000 group therapy session. (laughs) I am not even exaggerating. Like, she was just getting everyone to like, it sounds like so cringe, but when you're there, she was like getting everyone to hug each other and like, I don't know, it sounds like really lame, but it was... Yeah, it was like a big group therapy thing. Me and Sally were crying and then we left the place and I was like, whoa, I feel like a reborn person. (laughs) She was so good. Like she was amazing. But yeah, I've listened to her a lot. And I think what I was talking about before, like going to uni and like having this really shit time, I would listen to her a lot to like kind of pick myself up and be like, this could probably be worse. So just try and do it. <laughs> I don't know. Well, everyone has those artists, I guess. Yeah. That, like, either you remember a certain time in your life. Yeah. Or, like, will get you through or uplift you or whatever. Uh-huh. It's fair to say that Florence is probably in the past 10 years, like, one of the artists. It's just, like, she just keeps excelling. Exactly. Like, her, her, her kind of put her 
and Adele in a similar category yeah. of like you would rock up to those gigs and it would be like a therapy session. Yeah, seriously. Um, I love, but I love that kind of thing. Yeah, cool. So that's three items okay. so far. We have two more. So I couldn't actually bring this with me because it's stuck to my wall, and so it's <laughs> the other one in a frame. Drill it off. Um, but this is something that my friend Megan gave to me at our joint birthday party last oh, year. Oh, yes. Um, I thought I recognised And it. I think her friend or her friend's boyfriend basically does this. I don't know. What is this? Art. Yeah, I guess. That sounds really weird. But yeah, no, he makes these things about different artists. And it's of Amy Winehouse. So it's like a picture of her, but like inside... The picture is made up of all of her lyrics, if that makes sense. Okay, yes. Um, So I guess a little bit the same as Florence. I think, like, I don't know why, but I think I, in music, gravitate to, like, just really strong, like, female artists, I guess. I don't really know why. So, yeah, I remember, like, the first time I ever heard Amy Winehouse, and it was in my mum's car, and it was Rehab. When did that come out? Like, 2003? I think, I think it was, I think Rehab was 2005, 2006. Was it? Yeah. I think I was like 10. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And yeah, I was in the car with my mum and I heard it and I was like, what the fuck? Like, I'd never heard like a voice like that before. And I just loved her ever since then. And I would record on my phone whenever I'd hear it on the radio because I don't even think I had a Bluetooth phone then and I would listen to it in my room like, you try to make me go. I like, used yeah, to do that as well. I had to, I had to record um, on my like flip phone like YouTube videos of Robbie Williams yeah. and like, listen to it on the bus to school. Yeah, like, right, and no. I used to think I was so like high tech and cool. <laughs> and then I got, I remember getting a Bluetooth phone and like sending like songs to my friends and it wouldn't quite send by the time I got off the bus (laughs) so then I would just never get any of like the you were ripping music from a very early age I know that's bad is that bad (laughs) I think I think time's passed on (laughs) um so with Amy obviously she passed away in I think it was 2011 yeah now which is a long time ago yeah um I'm guessing you obviously never had the chance no, her, I think if I could ever see someone, it would be her in the early days when she would like play the jazz cafe in Camden, things like that. Mm, around like the Frank era, yeah. probably just before Frank, to yeah. be honest, before she blew up. Yeah. And one of my favourite music documentaries I've watched is the it's one her. about her. I yeah. mean, it's absolutely harrowing. It is and... so sad. Like her life is so tragic. It's just horrible. Yeah, I just, I think I kind of gravitate a lot to like kind of jazz music so I think when I started to listen to her that was like quite a easy easy way in mm-hmm. to listen to it like more of like would you say commercial I don't know yeah what I guess she was she was making she was making kind of pop, was, popular jazz essentially yeah um yeah and I think I've always loved that kind of music so when I heard her I was like this is amazing um, but yeah. what's the best I know you've been to a few jazz clubs haven't you uh-huh. what's the best one you've been to oh god I don't know I went once went to this one I can't remember what it's called it was in New York a Cornelia Street Cafe or something and it was just like really small and underground but it was just so cool but maybe I just thought it was cool because it was in New York if it was in London maybe I'd be like yeah <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no yeah it. very cool what about Ronnie Scott's that's like the one where everyone's like, yeah oh you need to go have to you Ronnie ever been Scott's. there no I haven't we should uh, go there you go. do you even like jazz I do you know what jazz is that kind of music that like 
I there's no part of it I don't like. I just wouldn't. I think it's a, it depends when you listen to it. Yeah. So like it's good if you're like cooking. It's yeah. good if you're like just chilling with mates. Yeah. And it's on the background. Yeah. But me and my friends do this album club thing, which you know about. Oh yes. And someone suggested um, a jazz album for that. And whilst there was nothing about it I disliked, I like couldn't get into it. Like I know, sat on the yeah. tube. I know or, like, what you mean. Walking to work. Like, I think once you're in it you love it mm. so I will listen to it on my commute or wherever I would listen to it like you would listen to Foles do you know what, like, <laughs> <laughs> what's a band the truth like yeah, I'm gonna go to it. <laughs> but yeah I think like once you feel that way about it it's not like it's like a background music I actually just finished reading Billy Holiday's book and good. it's yeah it's so good and it's just like all of them I don't know, like, she had such a tragic life. And it's, like, I love when you listen to, like, her music or anyone like her, like, Ella Fitzgerald or Nina Simone or anyone like that. You can kind of feel, like, what their life was like. I know that sounds, like, a bit weird. Yeah. But, yeah. I um, can borrow the book. I recently discovered Nat King Cole was actually a man. What? Are you joking? <laughs> no. What is wrong with you? Oh, it's a woman. What? So Natalie not. King Cole. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God, Shreve. You so call I, yourself I, a music producer. Well, what is your name? What is your, what's your job title? Well, there you go. I clearly need to brush up on my on my jazz. Yeah. Uh, um, Homework. Fifth and final item, please. Well, I it's also put, not here, right? <laughs> it's not here. It's also stuck on my wall. Um, I'll let you off. But it's the a jazz journal. Do you know what that is? Which is, is it a magazine? So it's a magazine and I bought this in, did you ever go to Rare and Racy in Sheffield? Yes, yeah. Um, I bought it from there for £3 and the guy, it's a February issue from 1958, volume 11, number two, I'm not sure what that means, <laughs> but basically on the, it was two shillings, so I don't know what that means now. I don't know what that equates to. Um, but... Dave, do you know who Dave Brubeck is? I've heard the name. So he... Is it a man? <laughs> it's a man and it's signed. Wow. So he's on the cover and I just was like looking through all the books or whatever and I just saw it in the corner of my eye and I was like, oh my God, like what? Surely it's not for sale or it's really expensive. And it was £3. And I went to the guy to buy it and he was like, I'm so surprised no one has bought this. This is probably worth a lot of money. Wow. And I've obviously never sold it and it's framed on my wall. But, yeah, I feel like it kind of relates to Amy. And I think we would, like, visit my mum's mum every Sunday. And we'd go round and she was just like... You know how, like, me and my mum are a bit, like... Not tacky, but, like, we like (laughs) things like that, you know? Um, Like, we watch EastEnders. Like, that kind of thing. (laughs) (laughs) Like, that kind of thing. Like, we love... I don't know. Like my mum loves like leopard print you know it's like that kind of like we love the shiny kind of tacky things um but I think I get that I got that from my nan and we'd go around every Sunday and we'd watch the shopping channel which is so weird and um she would put in like you know you can get those like big bags of like sausage rolls from Iceland and it'd be like 60 and me and my brother would eat them all and they'd be like burn on the bottom and but I remember her telling us about all the music that she used to listen to and where her and my granddad would go like dancing and she just basically taught me all about like jazz and swing and blues and that kind of thing so I think that's where it comes from so that's why I put that in it's it is an amazing find and I love that moment of it's like you've gone into a shop and it's like you found this almost like personalized item for you yeah like I remember when I went to this um record shop called Amoeba Music in 
in LA, which I believe is the biggest record shop in the world. I don't know. Is that where you got the Scissor Sisters thing for yeah, me for I... my birthday? <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, I got you a Scissor Sisters vinyl of Filthy Gorgeous. Because yeah. I think there was a stint of uni when we listened to it yeah, quite a lot. Yeah, I actually love that song. That's an amazing album yeah. as well. Um, but I found that was one gem. And I was like going through and I found like an original Gorillaz Feel Good Inc. for like $5. And I was like, Whoa. no freaking way. <laughs> um, I like lost my shit. But, yeah. like, I love those moments where uh-huh. it's like, it's like there's something there that you could never have bet would have no, been there. No, exactly. And yeah, he said that it'd been there for years and no one had noticed it. I love the fact he went, I'm surprised, this is probably worth quite a lot. Yeah, and it's like, why Part aren't you putting it on eBay or something? <laughs> I don't know. But I think he was like quite a cool guy who owned the store and I think he just wanted someone who kind of like knew what it was to get it, mm. if that makes sense, not like make money on it, I guess. Well, those five items have given quite a breadth of, like, first of all, your the music your parents were into, mm. um, the the girl bands you're into when you were younger, yes. um, and the sort of artists you've been more influenced by in the. I was going to say in your latter career, but that's not <laughs> that's not the right word. <laughs> My musical career since since being like a teenager and all yeah. this, basically. Um, so what I'm asking everyone to do is we've got a uh, what's in the bag Hall of Fame. Okay. So I want you to pick one of these items. It might be the one that means the most to you. It might be the one that you think would just look hilarious in a Hall of Fame. Oh, um, it, it could be like your most prized one. Um, which item would you put in the Hall of Fame? Can I ask what's already on you can, the you walls? You can. So we've got... Um, We've got a homework diary, which is the back of it is signed by Foles. We've got um, someone's tattoo of his mate's name. We've had a Glastonbury, someone's first Glastonbury wristband in nice. there. And we also had, uh, Jaguars was great. She had uh, a selection of her old CDs. So hers were like Gwen Stefani, nice. uh, Evanescence, oh, all that yeah. kind of stuff. So that... The, that classic wad of okay. CDs. I think I... Maybe I'll go for the, the ticket. I was hoping you'd Because <laughs> I want it to be the oldest thing in the exhibition. Yeah. Or whatever you said, Hall of Fame, whatever. Yeah, so, well, so far it is. Okay, and... well, I hope it stays that way. But it's not that old. <laughs> so, uh, your dad's Rolling Stones ticket yes, in is the... going in the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. It's not really, I'm going to let you keep it. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Now, what I always do at the end of the podcast, little twist, I've asked you to bring like the three most iconic looks okay. you remember, or it can be recent, it can be old. Okay. So what are the three? Let's go for number one. Okay. My first one is, I'm not sure if you would have seen this, but Paris Hilton's 21st birthday outfit. So she wore this to her 21st birthday. So she wore this. So it's covered in, yeah, I know, <laughs> like crystals and she wore that to her 21st birthday and look at the side there oh my goodness yeah. a, a little actually, bit revealing and actually Kendall Jenner like this picture I love of her just smoking a cig you know it's basically an apron <laughs> yeah it's like yeah but here Kendall Jenner copied it so loads of people are like oh my god that's such a great look Kendall and actually Paris did it first but I feel like Paris was like the ultimate party gal back in the day this is going to sound mad what is Paris Hilton actually known for? She, I feel like she, I don't even know. She tried to do a bit of singing. Yeah, I feel like I she's done that like later. Has she been, done a bit of acting? I'm not sure if she was, yeah. But Paris Hilton's assistant used to be Kim Kardashian. 
but yeah, I feel like she was like the ultimate party girl and she'd always just wear like really weird clothes. But that kind of stuff comes back. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Not maybe this, but it definitely does. Like low-rise jeans apparently are coming back. No, they're not really. But <laughs> things like that. So that's number one, a kind of glittery apron. Yes. Number <laughs> I'm two. I'm simplifying it for terms. All of mine are 90s, but you said iconic and I think that that's is... That's great. Yeah. Uh, it's a double denim by Britney Spears and Justin Timberlake. Were they going out at this time? I guess so. It looks like they're going out in this picture, but she's wearing a denim dress, patchwork dress with a denim little bag and he's wearing a denim suit with a denim chilby hat. <laughs> that's not and, that's not needed yeah and i just love it i don't even know why but i just think it's do cool. you actually do you agree or disagree with double denim when I can think, you and when can't you i think you can wear it i think it looks cool okay do, what take you... your well no i'm gonna try that out next time we meet up at the pub or whatever okay. and see. You'll if you probably wore, laugh at like me. levi's classic denim jeans and then a denim jacket to match that'd be cool like a white tee some cool trainers but you probably wouldn't wear that no I wouldn't go for it I think it's too much okay I wouldn't pull it off like Justin did if that is well I off. would love to see you in a denim suit the, and the trilby's amazing yeah um, so that's number two and number three and then I think I'm probably gonna have to say Kate Moss and her sheer slip dress which you'll probably won't get it I don't really know what's going. Is that see-through? Yeah, it. That's what sheer means. Okay. So yeah, she's wearing a silver slip dress to a party. Um, with she black looks young pants. there. Yeah, I think I don't know where where she is. Maybe it's just like a fashion party or something. But this was like when she was first starting out, like with Naomi Campbell. Not many girls. people could pull that off. No, exactly. And that's why it's iconic. Again, if I turn up wearing was... that. Yeah, that would be terrifying. <laughs> if you were wearing a black little thong and a see-through dress, I would literally vomit Look, everywhere. stranger things have happened. Have um, they? <laughs> <laughs> so, what I'm going to get you to do with these three is... Um, have You've heard of the game Snog, Marry, Avoid. Yeah. So, I've come up with Share, Keep, Avoid. So, okay. I want you... These three iconic looks, I want you to share... One of them with someone else. Um, uh, and what, so someone has to wear so it? So someone has to wear it. You're going to give that look to someone else. And this can be to, judging on what you think <laughs> oh of those God. outfits, okay. this can be to like ridicule them or actually, I think they'll look great. Okay, right. So share one, you get to keep the other, but you have to wear it all the can time. Can I say myself? Forever. Uh, forever? Yeah. Okay. You get to keep that and you wear it. And the other one goes in the bin. It's avoided. Oh. It's erased from history. Okay. Oh, God. I think the sheer I would probably give. So I have to say they wear it. Yeah. I think I would probably get Georgie to wear it for the rest of her life. Georgie, my friend, Georgie Ellison. She's worn some interesting yeah, things. Yeah, she always <laughs> looks so good. And I think she would actually wear it. And she would wear it well. Like, I think she would look great in Kate's sheer slip dress. Okay, I'm sure she'll be pleased with that. And she works in fashion as well. So, she, you know, yeah. She'd get it. She'd get it. Um, when, what would I... I have to wear it forever. Yeah. Maybe I would chuck the double denim and I'd just wear Paris's <laughs> thing <laughs> for the rest of my life. Would that be... It'd probably be quite inappropriate. It'd be chilly. Yeah. <laughs> it's your thing. Well, I, don't, I like it. So. I'm kind of glad you've chucked chuck the double, double denim. denim. Because... I wouldn't want to wear a double denim suit and trilby and dress because it is actually two people wearing it and I can't wear that, so I'd have to throw it away. 
Okay, well, that's actually, and to be fair, that's the only one I recognised before you showed me. So Double denim. Yeah, that's that's. I'll give it to you then, scrap that. No, 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 it's in the bin. Um, Well, I feel like I've learned a little thing there about fashion. I hope so. I don't know. Maybe. Um, You're forever mocking me on what I wear anyway, so there. I did actually say yesterday your coat was nice. Oh, thank you, it's new. Your new one. I know. First in five years. Um, <laughs> um, thank you so much for coming on the podcast, Jess. Um, a great array of items. Thanks. And uh, really Thanks great to hear about me. all the things you do in and out of work. Um, so just again for us once more, where can we find the Grief Network? You can find the Grief Network on Instagram at Grief Network. And you Follow can... us, speak to us, join us. We sound like a cult, but <laughs> maybe we are. And we can way. find Harper's Bazaar at www harpersbazaar.com slash UK <laughs> obviously thanks for listening to this episode of what's in the bag please leave us a rating comment and make sure you're subscribed to the podcast that means that each episode will drop right into your lap as soon as it's here follow at WITB pod on Twitter and Instagram to get info about when each episode is coming and who my next guest will be. And a final thank you to Johnny Robinson for providing the music for What's in the Bag and Charlie Shreve for creating the artwork. You can find more of his work at Charlie Shreve Design on Instagram. Mm-hmm.